that only the honey supers or the brood boxes? No, the honey supers have eight frames. And naturally, I space them, and they draw them out nice and fat and easy to uncap, and you get a lot of wax from them if you want the wax. A 10-frame hive with new foundation, you have to start with 10 frames to have them built out right. But when they're all built out, you take that 10th one out and slide them. It makes it much easier to work the hive. Yep. And they still have enough storage going and, the Oh, basement. yes. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. And when did you go to eight? You said you went to eight also? Uh, only on honey supers. On the supering, yeah. So oh, we've been doing that forever. Space them out. And space them out, and they build, oh, they do a beautiful job on them. And no queen excluders. Hmm? No queen excluder. No. No, oh, to me, a queen excluder is a honey excluder. I've probably got, I've probably got a thousand of them sitting in a corner someplace. If anybody wants queen excluders, I got them. The only time I ever use a queen excluder is making chunk honey, where you crowd the bees down into one hive body. You have to put the queen excluder on so she don't go up into the chunk honey. That's the only time I use them. So that, that's maybe 20 out of the 1,000 that I have. Yeah. We were talking about Richard Taylor earlier. About, about Richard, Richard Taylor, Taylor yeah. yeah. It, where did you pick up like that whole, you know, generally people are from Richard Taylor or from Gene Killian, who are the two, you know, comb honey. I, I, I've been Taylor. reading uh, uh, Richard Taylor, who probably passed away now, right? He's he gone. Is, yeah. I read him forever. I remember him as a young, uh, 20 years old, reading Richard Taylor. He was the guy uh, promoted, uh, let alone beekeeping. You don't look at your bees too much. You don't disturb them. Uh, bees know what they like. I, uh, they know what I like, and I know what they like. And it ain't disturbing them every day, I'll tell you that. Oh, Richard Taylor, I, very knowledgeable guy. I like them, yeah, very much so. Anybody else? If you don't use a queen excluder, do you have problems with brood getting up in here? No, the bees will drive her down. If they're going to make honey, they're going to put it up. They're going to put it up above and drive her down into the brood chambers. I don't have any trouble with uh, brood in the sewers, <coughs> no, especially now that I'm taking honey off now. When you're running that many hives, and then during your peak, when you're doing one or two days going down to the city for the markets, how often were you visiting the hives a not, year? Not enough. <laughs> it was like this year, and, and I'm only, and we don't have a market to contend with now. I'm just contributing it to old age. I, I, I didn't look at my bees enough this year. Everything I did turned to nothing. Uh, I'm finding colonies that swarmed out. Wax moth from, if I put three supers on a colony, that was a good colony when I was there the last time. But it didn't work like that this year. And of course, uh, uh, Marianne came with the term redneck splitting. Oh, yeah. oh, I love redneck splitting, but it don't work. It don't work good. Uh, you, uh, you take, uh, yeah, sure, you're, you're taking bees from there. And you're putting them into an empty hive there where all the bees go back to that parent colony and they either rob the thing out or... But, but I, I have once... I remember I had the truck there and the bees were flying. They were finding something and I loaded them. I had 
25 nukes with me with frames of eggs in each one. <laughs> and I loaded them 25 colonies in that yard on the truck with all them bees flying and put them nuke boxes out there. In the, and of course, all the foragers went into them <laughs> nuke boxes. And it worked pretty good, but a lot of work. A lot of lifting and a lot of... All them foragers went in there, raised their own queens. I think I got a super honey off of each one that year. So there's a lot of things different you can do. But you've got to have two hives of bees. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do splits, Walter, how do you do your splits? We made nuke boxes, me and my father. That's another thing I haven't used in I don't know how many years. It's a high body divided in half with an entrance here and an entrance there. And... You, it held four frames of four frames, and you put that, and you, you brought that out to a uh, bee yard, and you set them down, and you let them raise their own queen. Or before a hive swarms, I like to split and strengthen weak ones. I mean, it's just a constant uh, uh, turmoil of working with bees if you really want to do it right. I just don't want to do it right anymore. I, I don't. I. <laughs> I'm not physically able to do that anymore, actually. Yeah. I was wondering, you mentioned that fortuitous opening at the farmer's market when the other fellow's bees were all destroyed by someone driving over them with a truck. Uh, and I was wondering if you were worried that all your bees would be driven over with a truck when you took that position. <laughs> I didn't quite get that. I'm, I'm not good at hearing either. I could. He said okay. that the, the farmer, that um, his hives got run over by a truck. Yeah and you got his spot, were you worried that your hives would have been run over by a truck? When oh, no, it? he was in Newburgh. I'm, oh, God, no, I'm up in Greene County here. He contended, he, he contended with that for a long time. Uh, it was, you know, it was people with four-wheeler, big tires, and just, just closed the windows and rammed them. Yes, I don't know who could do that, but somebody did it. And he was a good beekeeper. He was a very good beekeeper. I used to talk to him a lot. And he was very good at, uh, at raising flowers also. He, he was good at everything he did. Yeah. I just felt bad for him, but uh, hey, there was, my, oh, there was my spot. Yeah. What would you say that the, the biggest problem years ago that your father had to deal with with bees? You see... He couldn't have done a lot of things without me. Like moving bees, for instance. You, a one-armed man can't put a beehive on a truck. So we would work together. I'd balance them. Worked together so good, argued like crazy, but worked together good. I would balance the back, and he'd put one arm under the front of the bottom board, and that was it. We put them on the truck, and I loaded them. You knew that at times it was very frustrating for him only to have one arm. But you know, he was so good at carpentry and so good at everything else, people actually hired him to renovate their house. But in the bee business, it, uh, it was a little difficult with some certain things, but that's what he liked to do. But no, like, mite problems? or like there was He no... never knew a mite problem. Huh. He never knew a bear problem. Hmm. I think in his 
in his existence of beekeeping, uh, he was bothered by one bear in Catskill. And they hunted it, didn't get it, and that was the end of it. But I, oh, 1993, ooh, that was my bear problem. They came out of the woodwork. That's an awful sight to see when you go into there and you see nothing standing upright anymore. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty nasty. <laughs> but they have to eat too. I'm in their territory. I didn't hate them, I just disliked them. Did <laughs> 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 you ever see a bad uh, AFB, American Fallow Brood outbreak? Ever contend with any? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, in fact, we had a yard. We had an alo a location of bees that when we found, you know, a cell or two, which by state law, you're supposed to burn that up. We didn't burn them up. I, I thought that was so stupid to take a, a colony like that. So strong. And <clears throat> we, we put them in a separate yard and took care of them all together with, um, with antibiotics. And by God, they got rid of it. Especially the ones that, oh, you're rotten with it. No, no. I can smell American fall brood. Mm -hmm. If I open up a hive and it has it bad, I can smell it getting out of the truck. But one or two cells, you got to be pretty astute beekeeper to pick it up on that one. You betcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, they, I guess they did away with the bee inspection, didn't they? They didn't have enough money to cover it, or, uh, or what? They don't do them. It's all commercial inspection. It's a, oh, we still okay. have I, 10 or 12 inspectors, but they're mostly commercial. Oh, okay. They're mostly commercial. guys that are moving state. Oh, state. all right. Well, I wouldn't let them into my bee yards after a while. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. You're not going to go in there without me there. I want to be there because you smash bees. When you put a cover on, you don't care if there's any bees on the top of that thing, and I don't like that. No. So they didn't inspect them. <laughs> or I'm coming after you. <laughs> Anybody else? Did you happen to bring a photo of your holy hive? No. Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that. Well, having trouble with uh, wax moth, the wax moth lays its egg in the hive, has a, has a pupa that sticks to the, it's almost like in a cotton web, but there's something alive in there, and the pileated woodpecker knows that. It puts its ear up against the hive, and a pileated woodpecker is not really a woodpecker, it's a it's a wood ripper, and I've got, I've got a hive in my, on, right next to my driveway that shows that that's the truth. It's got holes in it like that, oh the gosh. two of them. And uh, one yard, they really hit bad one year. Yeah, I should have brought that. Got rid of the wax that would be interesting. <laughs> got rid of the wax moth? <clears throat> no. <laughs> no, the hive was already ruined anyway. No, they just did it further. I could have used the shell, you know, but not anymore. Anybody else? I hear people talking about uh, yellow jackets being a problem. Did you ever think that yellow jackets... I've seen yellow jackets take over honeybee hive. A strong hive? Oh, no, no. No, it's got to be a very weak hive that the yellow jackets find before the other bees do. Or, or else the other honeybees would rob it out completely. But I've seen them, yes, I've seen them do that. 
They're nasty little creatures, them yellow jackets. I don't know why they're here, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good piece of that reputation. Yeah. <laughs> now, over the years, I'm sure you've seen some fads come and go. Uh, you were just talking about your uncapper, how that didn't work out for you. Well, uh, is that your worst fad that you saw? Like the Alan Capper, or was there anything else that you tried that just well? Went wrong? No, no. I have uh, the honey. The honey. Um, well, there now. There is another story. The honey naturally maintains a certain level in the capping melter, and naturally to keep the to 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 push the wax up against the steam heated grill. Now that honey that you're slicing in there has to come out of the end of the uh, capping melter. Now I used to have a tank that had a float switch in it that used to automatically pump the honey. Well, the pump went bad and I said, you know, I can do this different. See, I got an elevator in my honey house and which goes down into my honey cellar. So I took a, a, a stainless steel tank put it on the elevator and lowered it so the top of the barrel came even with the floor. Then I took a plastic pipe, went from the capping melder to this tank so the excess honey could, through gravity flow, flow into that tank. Well, lo and behold, I looked around one day and it was full. Now that don't run in there very fast. Now that ran over the top of the barrel, down the elevator shaft, into the cellar, and I just called up my wife. I said, Noni, I need help down here, help, help, and hung up, and I said, that's the rest of the afternoon is off. we got to clean up. But otherwise, I think I've got the perfect situation. I, I love the way the, the honey comes out. It's, uh, it's not overheated. <clears throat> Most... Uh, most that I've seen up-to-date uh, commercial extracting rooms have what they call a flash heater that the honey runs over and automatically heats it to 160 degrees. That honey's gone, wasted. So I don't have that. I don't need it. You know, they have this flow hive thing. You don't even have that. <laughs> I don't even have that. No, that, I, that capping melter is the heart of my operation. I love it. It really works nice. And it's a, it's a day-to-end commercial, which we insulated. We insulated so it don't take as much. But you've got to watch. You know, we've got a steam jenny. And you've got to watch yeah. things. That's right. It's, not all, it's all electric now that you buy. Is all, everything is electric. Having that many uh, hives and yards all over the place... You went through years where you had to feed bees also oh. to maintain them. And what did you feed? Is a sugar syrup? I haven't fed a, a spoonful of sugar probably in 30 years. But yes, we used to feed sugar by the ton. I used to get it up in uh, Greenville and Bryant's store, and we'd buy it by the pallet load. And being a young guy, we'd have to wear snowshoes. And I could carry, they came in 60-pound bales. I would put one on each shoulder and snowshoe into the bee yard. I don't care how far away it was. 
And I did that by, there's that rim around the inner cover I'm talking about. You could put 10 pounds of sugar in there and put a piece of tar paper over it, which was a moisture barrier, and the moisture went down into the sugar, made it easier for the bees to use. Now I have honey set aside. I feed nothing but honey. In fact, when I make chunk honey, not only do I force the bees down into one hive body and put a queen excluder on, I'll put three chunk honey supers on and a feeder. I'll force them to eat honey. They gotta fill them up. I won't take no for an answer. Just put the honey, and they always put it above the queen excluder. Plus they gotta leave room in the hive body for the queen to lay eggs. Tell them how we feed it, how you feed it back to them. What do we do? What's that, ma'am? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Tell us how you feed the honey back to them. How do I feed the honey back to them? We did it in several ways, but I do it in, uh, in pails, in 12-pound in pails. No, I mean when we fill the, in the sealer meal bags. Oh, that's right, the sealer meal bags. <laughs> which you can still buy, and they hold, they hold about five pounds of honey, and you seal them, and there's that rim around the inner cover again. They fit right inside there, so you can put the cover on tight, and I always have a hat pin. A hat pin in my pocket, sticking out of my pocket, and you put one pinhole in that bag. And then bees get every drop out of that bag. If you fed a hive, and the next time you see it, you know it's going to be alive because you fed it. That, but that works good. But a lot of beekeepers, that's way too expensive. You've got to buy seal a meal bags. You've got to sit there and seal them and take them out in pailfuls and stuff. Worked good for me. They still make seal a meal bags and sealers. So I could still do that, but I leave enough honey on the bees now, I don't have to worry about that. Leave them enough. Okay? Well, well, thanks for bringing your perspective to us mere hobbyists. Uh, okay. I appreciate it. Uh, it's always good to be back. Original book. Well, I, we do the best we can. That's it. That's it. We do the best we can, and that's all. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you, folks.